0: Chapter 3. Dr. Gustus Matforge. Reb inhaled sharply, wiping away the sweat from his face, all the while looking around the deck to
1: ensure the others were accounted for. Now that's some real raw excitement. Can we go again?
2: No! I never want to see another one of those things in my life.
1: Then I'd say you joined the wrong crew. Wouldn't you agree, Leroy?
0: Magnus's cat nodded profusely before returning to reading its miniature copy of the morning paper. Magnus, get on the horn to your buddies at the Cartography Guild and find out
1: what the heck just hit us! Provided
0: they actually know themselves. Doubtful.
1: That was no ordinary cloud wave, Reb.
2: Hey, over there! Past the Lalaga mountain range.
1: Mary
0: piped in, pointing far to the south where another of these strange waves had begun to flow.
1: Looks like that one's well out of range. Thank goodness for that. I doubt we'd withstand a second one in the shape we're in.
0: Let's not stick around to find out. I don't care how much CP we have to burn. I want the dream out of this skyway. Immediately. The ship's engines ignited at full force, propelling them across the clouds like a rocket. In less than a day's travel, they had reached the Green Zephyr border unscathed. The region's lush green islands dotted the surrounding skyways, and the fresh smell of green cloud particles filled the air. Reb, Mary, and Stork were topside. Well, if we're gonna find Dr. Madforge, it'll be here. He was last spotted ripping out mech parts from Blacksteel Bay, if I recall. That old Dynasty base? Yep. Not exactly a crime, since it's technically belonging to no one, I think. Kind of.
1: Don't think the Council's cleanup crew would agree with you on that one.
0: Stork was peering through a pair of sky noculars. Eyeing up the ruins of the once glorious Black Steel Bay, now reduced to little more than rubble and destroyed Skyship Hall.
2: I'm not exactly the biggest fan of those white coats myself, but someone's gotta clean up Black Blood's mess.
1: Trouble is, mess like this takes a long time to clear out. Even an outfit as big as the C3's got their work cut out for them.
0: Ran into them once myself in Purple Stratus. They do not take kindly to sky pirates, and let me tell you, they're packing a lot more than brush and bucket. The cabin door swung open. Magnus had come topside with news from the cartography guild, or rather,
1: the lack thereof. Nothing. No one can identify it. But we weren't the only ones calling in for a weather forecast. The skyline's practically ringing off the hook. He handed Reb a sheet of paper, a
0: skygram, Let's see here, and the chart goes One, two, three hundred and twelve sightings of unknown cloud-based phenomena? This many? Are they all the same
1: as what we saw? Some smaller, some bigger. But the shapes are all different. In fact, I'm not convinced it's the same effect. Depending on which sky they form it, it could completely alter the wave's appearance and resulting movements. Unpredictable storm clouds.
2: Uh, hey, skyship ahoy!
0: Mary had scampered halfway up the ship's mast, catching sight of a rather uniquely shaped skyship. While most Skycadian vessels operated through cloud particle engines or sky sails, this monstrosity certainly did not. So that's the infamous Mad Zeppelin. Quite the ship. I knew Madforge ran a unique operation. But this is. Wow! The crew watched as the flagship of Dr. Gustus Madforge descended from the clouds above. Numerous steel cables dangling from its central housing compartment. This mechanical beast dwarfed the dream by at least ten times over. Suddenly, a filtered and grizzled voice boomed through the Zeppelin's side speakers. Well, what could this little red box be? Surely not a skyship. I've seen bigger lifeboats. (laughs) <laughs> Reb smirked, feeling somehow honored by the remark. The mere fact a big-name pirate like Madforge was addressing him gave him a genuine sense of worth. Stork threw him a speaker mic, allowing a ship-to-ship reply. My dream ain't all that big, but I'll betcha you ain't ever seen a nicer cruiser drive. That's about it, we're offering free tours, today only. Oh ho! Oh. Well that'd, well, that'd be, be a, first. a first. Not, not in, in my, my eight decades, decades of saving have, have I ever been asked to board an enemy vessel. Who says we're enemies? That flag of yours does. I don't, I don't see, see my mark, mark on, on your ship. ship. Then she, she may as well be sent, sent to deep sky. Reb couldn't contain his excitement any longer. He kicked one of the deck levers, grabbed a coil of rigging, and sent himself <laughs> soaring into the blue. Captain! Fret not. He's just playing. Within the Zeppelin's massive wheelhouse, Dr. Madforge almost dropped his speaker mic as he watched Reb shoot past the forward view screen. Reb drew one of his blades, nicking the hull plating of the Zeppelin's forward armor joint before spiraling back down to the deck of his own ship, a whirl of well-timed cloud particles cushioning his landing. Well, how'd that make you feel, Doc? Madforge's voice bellowed forth once again. You gotta done it now, boy. Not, not to, to say, say I, I don't, don't like, like your groove. But nobody touches my baby without paying for it. Mary hid behind Stork's towering physique, quivering fearfully at the mad doctor's voice. Stork himself looked none too pleased.
2: He's uh, he's not gonna come down here, is he?
1: I thought we were gonna make friends with the guy. We will in our own roundabout way. Mary continued to shake, scanning the Zeppelin for any signs
0: of movement. Meanwhile, inside Madforge's wheelhouse. Nickel, go feel out. A young woman stepped forward. A hefty bronze ax slung over her shoulder. Her clothing was torn and her face mottled with grease.
3: Am I playing for fun or playing for
0: real? Couldn't care less. She stomped her way forwards. Kicking open a floor hatch, the Zephyr air coursed past, mussing her hair in all directions. She jumped through, hurtling towards the deck of the dream below. Reb and the others watched as she smashed feet first into the deck, cracking the boards beneath.
3: Morning. Nice ship. Hope it's not an original.
0: You bet it is. Reb waved the others aside. They complied.
3: Name's Nickel, you.
0: Come on, you gotta know who I am. Nickel looked him up and down, whirling her axe into the deck, adding to the already extensive damage caused by her descent.
3: Yeah, I might have heard of you somewhere before.
0: She finished, grabbing her axe in both hands and swinging it at rev, letting clean go of the handle. The bladed whirlwind of death spun straight at him, aimed directly at his chest. Hey kid, you might want to move. At the last second, Reb drew both blades, jamming them into the deck and threw himself back, keeping a tight grip on the handles. The axe circled directly over his upturned nose, missing by mere inches. Nickel raised an eyebrow, impressed. The axe circled around, returning to its owner's grasp. Well, guess what? It's my move. Leaving both swords embedded in the deck, Reb thrust forward his hands, his fingers mimicking a set of overlaying jaws. What's that?
3: You do shadow puppets or something?
0: The surrounding air turned bright blue, water droplets seeping out of the azure mist Rev had summoned. Oh, you're one of those. She shrugged, watching nonchalantly as the droplets stretched into narrow, sharp spouts of surging water. Still pretty new at it, but I got a load of tricks up my sleeve to show off. He snapped his hands together, interlocking his fingers like biting jaws. The water spouts moved forward, mimicking that same motion like sharp teeth crunching down. Nickel caught on just in time, backstepping and guarding with her axe's handle. The weapon's grip was bitten clean off, with her right forearm lightly grazed. What do you think of my Rex jaws? Chomp chomp. (laughs) Nickel caught herself about to laugh and immediately clamped a hand over her mouth. Clearing her throat and grabbing what was left of her axe's handle, she thrust the metal head into the looming liquid jaws, dispelling them.
3: Yeah, I know you. Red metal, the red wave.
0: Not what she expected, huh?
3: You're right, kiddo. You're even weaker than the rumors
0: say. Wait, what? Without warning, Nickel tore towards him, her mouth widening into a crazed smile, axe raised to strike. Red quickly pulled one of his blades from the deck, (laughs) blocking her assault. But the sheer force of the impact sent him crashing into the ship's side rail. Ouch and
3: ouch again. You took down the Blackbud Dynasty? He's <laughs> some kind of walking joke.
0: Mary couldn't stand to watch any longer. She darted forward, pistol and blade drawn, sliding to a stop between the two dueling pirates.
3: Hands off my captain. Huh. Gladly. I got nothing more to see.
0: She stowed her damaged axe, kicking some loose debris towards Reb, who was now face down on the deck.
3: Right where you belong. Reb, are you okay?
0: You're bleeding. Come on, Mary, it's only a scratch. Or six. Reb forced himself up, wiping down his coat and sheathing his dual blades.
3: All clear to board, Captain. No one hears a threat unless you're allergic to mediocrity.
0: Hey, I am so much more than mediocre. I'll have you know I consider myself slightly above average. Mm-hmm. Above them, a second, much larger figure jetted through the air, landing right next to Nickel, once more cracking the unfortunate dream's deck. Dr. Gustus Madforge had arrived. Ugh, could we please stop doing that? Replacement timber isn't cheap these days. <laughs> Shoulda thunk of that before you went and scratched up me mad zeppelin. Now, who's to say we can't crack a few more eggs while we're here? Madforge rubbed his hands gleefully. A stout but muscular man, coated in metal armor and blinking gas lamps. Though upon closer inspection, it wasn't armor at all, rather metal plating that had been somehow welded directly onto his skin. His arms and legs bore the most, while his head was still mostly human flesh. Would you mind terribly if we asked you not to break any more eggs? Magnus and Stork took point, standing firmly between Madforge and their own shipmates. Oh. Magnus Cassiopeia. Now there's a mite of a surprise. Nicole! I thought you said it was safe down here. Doctor? Never mind the red drizzle. Should have kept your eye on this one. Hey, Doc, it's Red Wave. Ah, it's all six and half a dozen. Now, business. Madforge cracked open a small clay box. A full length oaken table, complete with matching chairs, emerged from within. Everybody sit. Standings for young folk. Madforge pushed past Nichols, taking his place at the head of the table. Nichols sat by his side. With a nod from Reb, he and the others followed suit. The doctor tossed Reb a flask, a clear signal for him to take a drink. Can I ask what's in this? cure oil, straight from me own cellar. Oil? Aye, the finest.
3: Drink, now.
0: Reb popped the cap, peering inside at the blackened ooze. He knew full well that to refuse this offering would not be a wise choice, yet for a man who found it difficult to stomach milk, he couldn't help but fear for his poor digestive system. Well, Turn the hatch. <laughs> Reb guzzled it, the others watching with gritted teeth. Except Magnus, who was busy examining the table's fine workmanship. Well, how's that carve your whistle? <sighs> Not gonna lie. That was awful. Mad Forge leant forward, staring straight at him. You sure about that one, boy? Oh, yeah. Hated it. Straight up. And probably out in a moment, too. Ah, good on you, son. We got ourselves an honest one here, Nickel. Makes a change up for the books, huh?
3: Honest and weak? Traits shared by many a dead man.
0: Rev narrowed his eyes at Nickel. Who didn't even take the time to glance his way while insulting him. True words if I ever heard them. But there ain't no other folk I'd rather do business with. So, stake your claim and tell me what old Mad Forge can do for you, Reb. Medal. Reb smirked, glad the rather painful introductions were over at last. Mary nudged Magnus, confused by this turn of events.
2: Okay, so what's going on? I thought he was going to sink us after Reb attacked his ship.
1: Hmm. That? I made sure our captain did his homework before we came looking for the delightful doctor. Madforge is from the old sky. He prefers a proper pirate greeting when doing business.
2: A fight is a proper pirate greeting?
1: Back then it was. I concede it is a little dated, but not without its own... charm. Meanwhile, the captain's talk was well underway.
0: One of me salvage pods, you say? That's it? You came all the way out here to Green Zephyr for that? What's the big picture? You heard of some score in deep sky I ain't? Don't tell me you bought a duff sailor's map from Undermark. Nope. We just want to get to the surface. Plain and simple. You gotta know the Trans-Sky Bridge is out. In a salvage pod? Do you have any idea how long a cable you'd need to make it down that far? Why, it it have to be... Uh, uh,
3: 420 gauge.
0: Aye, 420 gauge. Most I ever dipped was uh, 180. I'd have to be mad to entreat such a deal. Wait, I am mad. Hold up. Uh, I'd have to be insane. There, we have it. That's one step up from me madness, that is. Did I mention we have coinage? Magnus brought forth a heavy chest, dumping it in front of the doctor and flipping the lid. The inside was packed with the purest sky gold. Nickel, get pod five down here, and all the cable you can muster. They just started speaking me language. Score! Surface! Here we come! Far from Green Zephyr, but not far from the Trans-Sky Bridge, lay the sailors' port of Undermark. As towns went, it was one of the smaller islands between Red Nimbus and Silver Cirrus, but close enough to major skyways that it found its own unique host of visitors. Merchants, sailors, sky police, and the odd wanderer from far-off lands still uncharted. Hey, you okay, kid? You've been sitting here since yesterday. On the main street, a young boy sat atop a crate, unmoving, but with wide, open eyes, taking in everything that went by. One passerby had finally taken notice of this strange fellow, dressed from head to toe, in white. You got folks? Friends? You miss your ship or something? Folks and friends I understand, and connect to. However, miss your ship. Is this miss describing the act of missing one's departure time, or that of a failed projectile assault towards an enemy craft? I'm inclined to settle upon the former, but I'm also quite willing to accept your further input. You ain't from around here, are you? You a surface dweller? Thus implying one who dwells upon the lowest level of elevation. To describe myself in this regard could only be correct after a significant period of time upon said location. You're speaking, but I ain't following, son. To simplify, not below, above, and above once more, then once more. Uh, uh, above Correct. Above, and also above you. End chapter 3 You have been listening to the vocal talents of Luvian Chen, Christine Choi, Elliot Glasser, Paul Hughes, Ali Smith, Liz Moray, and Michael Page. Promotional photography by Daniel Wright and Eleanor Jameson Chang. If you enjoyed our work and would like to support our creations here at Page Productions, then please turn your attention to the video description to see how you can help us in continuing to offer wholesome and exciting fantasy content. Without you, we would not be here. Thank you for your time. And hashtag, never give up. Look forward to our next episode.